For those of you that came in after I greeted everyone this morning, you're surprised, I'm sure, to see me up here. So am I. <laughs> we had been anticipating Kimberly Wilson being present here today to, to give words um, or life to the words of the Reverend Pauli Murray, which were written in 1977, a sermon entitled The Gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's amazing how much it still preaches. And she, we've been preparing for this for weeks, and she joined us in prayer yesterday morning in this space as we anticipated today. And then she called me this morning sick. At 7.59, she rang, um, having put it off because she kept trying to make herself better in order to get here. And because part of her strategy was to call her daughter to help her feel better to get here, um, we both acknowledge that when you have to call in people to help you, then you probably are really sick. So with that, we are um, going to look for another time, which actually wasn't my first idea. My first idea was to print out Reverend Polly Murray's sermon and to preach it here this morning um, because I haven't prepared for today. And, um, but when I sat down with those words and looked at them, I don't know them. And I felt like it would be an injustice to the words God had given to her and which Kimberly had prepared to voice um, to try to express them. So I um, recognize the Holy Spirit helps me out a lot and um, took this as, I'm taking this as an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to make itself known in real time. This idea of the Trinity is something that came about because of people's experience and also because of what we read in the text and how Jesus talked. As we heard just in our gospel this morning, Jesus says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. And everything the Father has given to me, I give to you. And so it was Jesus' language that made the disciples say, what is this thing? We hear about the Father, and then we know that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, and then he promises us the Holy Spirit. And what is this thing that, that we have? And so over the years, as people began to live in relationship with what God was doing, they tried to put some words around it. And we've ended up with the Trinity, something that is inexplicable but so deeply lived that it cannot be denied. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is one of those things that feels the most, like the most challenging to recognize in our lives, perhaps because it's present tense. Maybe in our life we can understand God the Father because we read about God the Father and Jesus talks about God the Father and we have fathers. Maybe we can understand Jesus because he was an actual person who lived at actual time and walked this actual earth and said actual words. But the Holy Spirit, what is this thing? And how does it fit into God's ongoing work in the world? I began to experience or become aware of the Holy Spirit back when Vivian was the same age as Ella Armstrong, who was carried through the church here a few moments ago. I was in seminary at the time, and I had a two-and-a-half-year-old and a, a six-month-old, and it occurred to me one day that I had two infinite jobs, being a parent and being a student. Neither of them would ever be finished. At the end of the day, I would be very conscious of what was still not completed. There would always be more to do. And I had gotten a lot of satisfaction and purpose and joy out of being able to check things off in my life. I liked that to-do list and the ability to say accomplished. And here, my life was filled with things that would never be resolved, that would always have more that could be attended to. 
It happened, I think, by divine providence. I was in Barnes and Noble one day with the little umbrella stroller and Vivian at six months strapped into it and Gabe holding on to the edge of it. That I then came across this book called The Sacrament of the Present Moment, a teeny little book. And it captured my imagination and so I picked it up. And I opened those pages and over the course of three years began to recognize through the, the writings of this French um, theologian, because um, these were writings of Jean-Pierre de Cossade, and I might have messed up his name, I'm not good at French. But he wrote to a group of nuns, he was a spiritual director for them, and he talked about how the spirit is present in our midst. And so I just slowly read his little paragraph, little paragraph, little paragraph, these words having been written in the 1700s. It took me three years to read this 60-page book because it reoriented me and it tuned my ear to the spirit's work in my life. One of the examples of this early on was when I was at, in seminary, I was doing a field placement experience. I was serving in a church and um, this is when you get to practice a bunch of things. And so I was of course on the altar party and would process in and it was a new thing for me, and I was in the vesting room, which happened to be at the back of the sanctuary, where all the vestments were. And this was a big church. A lot of people were in there getting their robes on. And it was about 10 minutes or 7 minutes before worship was to begin, right at the very end of our preparation time. And the nursery worker came in holding my two-and-a-half-year-old son's hand. He, um, with his curly mop of blonde hair, was standing there looking hopeful to me because he needed to go to the bathroom. And she said, he only wants you to take him. And I thought, oh my gosh, look, like people are putting on their final things. I'm putting on my final things. What am I going to do? And having read this book, at least a few pages of it, I thought, I'm going to breathe deeply, the breath being about the spirit, and I'm going to take him to the restroom. He was just getting the hang of this, and it was really important that we keep success in front of us. <laughs> so we go into the restroom, and of course, he's learning how to do this all himself, and that's how we've always been doing it. So I stand outside the stall, and it is all that I can do to not say, hurry up, 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 hurry up. I refrain from those words because they'll just distract him because he's trying to focus here on getting the job done. And I need to just stand here in the bathroom and breathe and breathe and breathe and pretend like this is all normal. He finishes, and I take him back to the nursery, and I go back to the vesting room, which, as I mentioned, is at the back of the sanctuary, and the lights are off, which means everybody has already gotten ready, and I can hear the music out there. As I exit the vesting room, I come to the back of the aisle, and the guy that I'm supposed to walk with is just getting ready to start walking down the aisle. And God said to me at that time, Whitney, I've got this. It's in these little bitty moments of our life, time and time again, that the Holy Spirit says, I've got this. It's in moments like today where God says, I've got this. And because I have been working to tune my ear to that truth, I'm gaining some stamina in this, some confidence, some trust that, yeah, you're right, you know you do got this. Over the years, time and time again, the words from Jean-Pierre de Cossade that have stuck with me and have rooted me in the turmoil and challenges of life are in this one little section that he's entitled, The Discipline of Passive Surrender. 
I love the title of that section, The Discipline of Passive Surrender. Discipline we know to come from ourselves, right? We do something when we do a discipline. But passive surrender are both responsive postures. They're, they're not the initiator. They're the responder. And here are the words that Jean-Pierre has written. He says, let us return to the kind of participation illustrated by this imaginary journey, which it will be noticed is totally different from the way we submit to defined obligations, which is neither mystical nor inspired, but rational and intentional. Is it not true? The things that we carry out, we carry out with rationality and intentionality. He says, for obedience to God's undefined will depends entirely on our passive surrender to it. We put nothing of ourselves into it apart from a general willingness that is prepared to do anything or nothing. Like a tool that, though it has no power in itself, when in the hands of the craftsman can be used by him for any purpose within the range of its capacity and design. Whereas our, obedient, our obedience to the declared and defined will of God consists in the normal course of vigilance, care, attention, prudence, and discretion, according to how far we are helped by grace in our customary endeavors. So here in this, in this little passage, Jean-Pierre reminds us that we have to bring it. We do have to bring it, but we bring it to be in service. And so we hold all of our capacity and our gifts and skills open for God's use like a tool. And we cultivate our skills and gifts with vigilance and care and attention and prudence and discretion. And then we give it to God to use. He goes on to say, and so we leave God to act in everything, reserving for ourselves only love and obedience to the present moment. For this is our eternal duty. Our eternal duty. Love and obedience to the present moment. This compelling love, steeped in silence, is required of every soul. They must foster it unceasingly and always be prepared to meet any demands it may make, even though this means taking action. And isn't that the example of today? Even if it means taking action, like preaching the sermon. This obedience to the present moment is, moreover, an act whereby they dedicate themselves totally to the external will of God as a matter of course. This is their rule, method, law, and way. This is what we're called into, an openness to God's use of us. It is a delightful, wild journey. And as we engage in it, we discover God's active living presence in our lives and in the lives of others. We actually begin to see God at work in us and in other people. And that is a glorious thing to witness. It relieves us of work that we often think we're supposed to do and instead do the work that God gives us to do, trusting that God will care for all the other things you know, in the scriptures, we hear people um, be called by God to go and to do work, and often they don't know what they're going to do or say. 
If I had had more than seven minutes to prepare for today, I would have come up with the actual scripture references. But I'll give you a few illustrations, and you can look them up. Moses, when he's before the burning bush, God says, I want to send you out to be the leader of my people. And Moses says, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. In fact, I don't even know what to say. And God says, I'll give you the words at the right time. Or think of in Acts, or even in the Gospels, when Jesus sends out the disciples to go out into the world, they say, well, what are we supposed to do? And he says, well, don't take anything with you, and just throw yourself on the mercy of those that are around you, and see if they reciprocate and offer you mercy, and if they do, then make your place there. And if they don't, well, then move on. I will be with you. Or look in the book of Acts, time and time and time again, where people show up and they don't really know what they're showing up for. I think of the example of um, Paul when he is struck blind and he's in his bed and um, he, uh, someone is sent to him, been given the words, and the guy's name falls out of my head right now, but he was told to go and to see Paul, um, who was actually known as Saul at the time. And he says, uh, he says to God, uh, do you know about this guy? Because like, he's killing people. I'm not sure I really want to show up by his bedside. And God says, go, I'll, I'll be there and I'll make it work. Time and again, the Holy Spirit sends us out into the world. And my friends, we are among those being sent. In John's gospel, the one that we read just this morning, Jesus breathes on them in the upper room and gives them the peace that he has to give. And then he sends them into the world. He says, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. And that is the message to the church today. The Holy Spirit is not only for our own personal fulfillment, but to empower us into the world to be a part of God's work in the world. The Holy Trinity is alive and active, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we are invited onto that team to be in dialogue with God about what God is up to in the world. And so we learn to avail ourselves of God's presence in our lives. We learn to tune our ear to hear God at work in the world so that we might say, oh, I can show up for that. I don't know quite how you'll use me, but at least I'll show up and see what you do. And so my friends, on this day, Holy Trinity Sunday, when we remember the gift of the Holy Spirit, I hope that you'll be encouraged by my testimony. God is alive and real and active in the world. And God invites us into the glory that he is doing by participating in his work. Amen.